0: Good morning, everybody. It is good to see you here, all of you watching online. Thank you for being with us in spirit. I want to especially acknowledge our Church on the Patio people right outside right now. Yes, you know who you are. We're glad you guys are here and excited to uh, try new things together, like that idea of Church on the Patio. Uh, This weekend, I actually have the privilege of introducing a new teaching series, and uh, we never really sat down and gave it a name, which is... I think means whoever teaches first can sort of just name it, you know, because I'm here and they're not. So I think it, if I were to name it, now this may get totally vetoed next week. So Pastor Dan may come next week and totally give you a different title for the series. But you, but you guys know, this is the real title the one I'm about to give you. That is, try this at home. It's kind of a play on words for those of you who are like, you know, however old like me and it's like, don't try this at home, you know, on TV shows and science experiments and things. This is actually dot, 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 try this at home. I believe God is... (laughs) I believe God is challenging us in 2020. Has this been a year of like different things, new things, challenging things, maybe hidden blessings mixed in? I believe God has something really, really special and powerful he wants to do in his church starting this year, and specifically at Shine. And it's something, personally, I feel like I've been waiting to see happen in the kingdom of God all my life. So I just told somebody last night, this message that I'm getting to teach is probably one of the most fun messages, and I consider it one of the highest privileges of my life. And, and thank you, Dan, for allowing uh, me and the and, information and team, uh, Rob, and, and others, uh, for allowing me to, to head this off because it's a true privilege. Um, at the end, I'm actually going to give you the punchline. There's a hidden... Agenda throughout this message, but you're not going to find out until the very end. So, <laughs> but just be waiting for it, and I will let you know when it comes. So, um, would you agree a table can be a very powerful thing? A table can be a very, very powerful thing. Several years ago, my wife commissioned me to build a dining room table in our home in Highlands Ranch, where we lived at that time. Uh, She needed it to be 28 inches wide, which is very narrow. I think they're called harvest tables, by like seven feet long. And that was because we had put some tile, like a little countertop between the kitchen and the dining room, and it made it narrower, and so we just had to have this, right? So I proceeded to build that. Now, you know due diligence and honesty, I did purchase the preformed legs at Lowe's, so I didn't do the whole, you know, all that, I'm not, I'm not there, okay, (laughs) but, but I did, I mean, buy the one by sixes, the one by fours, I bought a little pocket screw kit to hide the kind of the angled screws, you know, in the corners, all that stuff, you guys know what I mean, uh, and girls, because it's 2020. Uh, anyway, so, um, but anyway, I built this this table and matching bench. And the bench was about this high. It had four shorter legs that matched the legs on the table. It was great. And at that time, we were serving as campus pastors for this campus, which was then Jubilee Fellowship Church, Castle Rock Campus. We wanted to get to know some of you fine, amazing people. Some of you were part of the congregation back then. This is probably five, seven years ago. And so we thought, let's have two or three couples over to our house for dinner and get to know them. So we had been using this table for several months. Our children used it. We used it. We sat on it. Everything was great, right? So we had these three couples over, middle-age-ish couples, I can say that because I is a middle-aged person. Um, and so they came over, and we had our food kind of in a smorgasbord fashion in the kitchen. And then we said, you know, go through the kitchen, load up your plate, come back in the dining room, sit at our new table, sit at our new bench, you know, that kind of thing. So they did that. So a couple of the ladies came in, sat on that, grabbed their food, sat on that bench, kind of towards the right. A couple of their husbands sat on the other side where we had regular chairs. But then there was one gentleman who was the last to get his food. Oh. So he got his food in the kitchen kind of around the stove area and then came back in and he saw that these ladies were very, very engaged in their conversation with each other. He didn't want to interrupt, right? Say, that's nice. He was a nice guy. Okay, so he thought he had his plate of food. His hands were occupied. He thought, well, instead of interrupting them and asking them to kind of, you know, get up so that we could move the bench back and get in. Okay, guy, you know, it's a whole coordinated, you know, choreographed thing. He's like, I'm just going to very subtly with my left foot pulled the bench back with them fully sitting on it. And, you know, in his mind, yes, some of you know where this is going. In his mind, the whole bench pulls back, and they're uninterrupted. You know, they feel some movement, but they just keep going in their conversation. And he's able to sit, and everything, life goes on. But that's not exactly how it played out. <laughs> so what happened was he's got his plate. He pulls back on that corner leg. And what happens is instead of the whole bench moving back as he thought in his mind, just that one leg starts pulling back. And so then, but he didn't really notice it. So then he proceeded to sit down on the bench. And then in about five to seven seconds, what ended up happening was we heard a kapow, pow, boom. And then we saw three of our guests sitting on our floor with their legs straight up in the air on their backs, looking at our ceiling, Admiring our chandelier above our dining room table, and what happened next was I think even crazier because uh, we didn't know. I mean, it's just what do you do, right? Like, here's the, these people had never been in our home before. They had heard that I had built this. They were mortified. So and I, so I just kind of came in and they like kind of stood up, you know, like, oh, okay, we're okay, we're you know nobody broken bones or anything. So I just came in, grabbed the bench. It's got legs dangling, hanging off the of screws, you know, splintered boards. And I just ignored that the whole thing, we just denied. Nobody, nobody even said anything. We just said, so you have three kids going off to college then? Wow, that's really cool. As I'm taking the remains, hiding the evidence in the, in the garage, come back in, brought three other chairs in and just pretended like nothing ever happened. It was never talked about again that evening. Then, <laughs> They leave and we shut the door as they leave and my wife and I are like, oh my gosh, what happened? (laughs) Are we gonna get sued? Do they secretly have broken bones? Are they feeling terrible because they destroyed my work of art? I mean, (laughs) what? The point being, A table can be a very, very powerful and a very, very memorable thing (laughs) in our lives. Now, I use that story, obviously. We know tables are very, very significant in our lives for a number of reasons, much more important than that one. I mean, a table is a place of bargaining where enemies come together. You've heard that term, a bargaining table, where decisions are made and people actually compromise and come together. A table can be a place where family gathers and to reconnect to hear about each other's days, to share their feelings, things that nobody else would care about. But at a table with your loved ones, all of a sudden you can just actually open and say, hey, this might be right, wrong, and different, but here's how I feel, right? And we're able to just be ourselves. We're able to encourage each other. We're able to speak words of truth. When we were having our teaching team meeting, Dan mentioned, man, he's like, I've laughed harder at a table than anywhere else. I mean, just sitting around with friends, just cracking jokes, enjoying whatever, each other's company, uh, playing games at a table, it can be a place, right? The family that we've heard—the family that prays together stays together. But I'm here to tell you, come on, somebody! The family that plays together: Skipbo, Uno. I don't know what your game is, but whatever it is, I keep playing. <laughs> Whew, glory, sorry, it's been too long since I've seen TDJ, so I got to get back. I'll tell you what: a table can be a beautiful place that brings us together, that connects us, that engages us. Uh, Janet was sharing. There's literally math scribblings like engraved in her table where her kids have done their math homework. And so it's a place of training for our future. It's a place of being equipped. It's a place of doing the work behind the scenes that will lead to success. I mean, so many things. A table is so powerful for so many ways. But here's what I believe God wants us to know, church, is that he is restoring the table to his people. God is restoring the power of the table to his church. I think it's something that somewhere along the line we lost. Somewhere along the line of church history, we early in the scriptures we read in Acts 242 that they that, that the early believers would spend time together both in the temple and from home to home, breaking bread together, enjoying each other's company, dedicating themselves to the apostles teaching and to prayer, to the breaking of bread to fellowship. But somewhere along the line it became this is what matters to God. Right here. What happens in this building, in this room, this is spiritual. And everything else, yeah, whatever, that's fine. You can have that, but it's not as important. And God is saying, not so. Not so. From the very beginning of scripture, so many of the miracles that Jesus did were in someone's home, the paralytic that was healed. So many others that he touched People that he ministered to was in, at the well, the woman at the well when she just heard her identity completely transformed by a, a savior that loved her and accepted her for who she was, a foreigner, an outcast, a woman in those days. So God is wanting to restore the power of the table to his church and see something happen in our lives that maybe many of us have been waiting for for a very long time. And there's three things that I believe he wants us to understand about the church. There's thousands of things that we'll discover together. But just three things that I wanna highlight today. The first one is that the table is a place of blessing. The table is a place of blessing. If you're sitting at a table, probably there's an expectation like, I'm about to eat some food. Anybody else a food lover here, a foodie? I know Mike MK is right outside on church on the patio. I love you, bro. Yeah, I love food. I mean, I'm telling you what, any kind of food, new kinds of foods, spicy foods, ethnic foods. But you know what? There's an expectation like, my needs are about to get met my tummy's about to be filled. There's something beautiful about it. There's something like, hey, somebody is gonna provide for me right now. You are blessed if you're at the table. God is wanting us to know that we're blessed. All around the world, there's thousands, actually millions of families right now where in Jewish homes, moms and dads are taking a moment every Sabbath to speak a blessing over their kids to say, I release you to succeed. I release those talents and those gifts within you. I speak favor over your life that people will see in you a pure heart and the limitless talent that is within you. I bless you, my son. I bless you, my daughter. You are not common. You're extraordinary. And I believe God is saying, he wants us to understand that the table is a place of blessing where we can speak that blessing over each other and hear that blessing spoken over our lives from his heart together at the Lord's table, at his table. What about this? It's a place of sharing enjoyment. God made us with 10,000 taste buds. God wants us to enjoy food together, to derive pleasure out of that food. Miriam and Curtis, I don't mean to you, but you had us over this week at your house, and it was so amazing. We were testing charcuterie boards that we're gonna have at our daughter's wedding a week from today, and, and it was so delicious. And of course, Miriam went all out and made extra Caesar salad with freshly baked chicken. It was so delicious. But what fun, what joy, to enjoy food and taste together, and not just alone, but to do it with someone else who cares about us and whom we enjoy. What a blessing that is. What about this? A, play, a table is a place of rest. This is a big one, guys, for us in the U.S. Because I don't know about how your week went, but my week was crazy. I officiated two weddings between Thursday and yesterday, preparing for this message, helping house churches be all listed, but doing a bunch of stuff online, helping make sure greeters, are whatever, all this stuff. And sometimes the hardest thing is just stopping for a second, just resting. I know Rob brought this up at our teaching team meeting. It was so valuable, because I know he lives it. Pastor Rob is someone who values people one-on-one and is not afraid to slow things down, to say no to distractions, to carve out some time. And sometimes it's not until we say no to something that we can experience God's yes to something different. Have you found that? We were at Julie's house, uh, uh, who's gonna be our co-in-law, a couple of weeks ago, and she had us over for dinner, and it was so fun, and she's like, oh by the way, put your cell phones in this little bucket right here, and we're gonna put them up in the cabinet until dinner's over, we're like, what? (laughs) But it was so awesome! We did it, and it was like, there was like this sense of freedom of just saying no to just those petty little, oh, I gotta know. Like, no, I don't have to know. It's okay. It'll still be there an hour from now or two hours, you know. But just saying no to some things, carving out that space at the table to rest. I put in uh, my notes here, slowing down is holy, but slowing down together is even more holy. I believe there's something that God wants us to discover if you're like me, we're like, I can rest, I can slow down maybe, but by myself. Let me just watch my Netflix thing, let me just get away from everything, I know. You guys know I'm an introvert, so you guys know. <laughs> no, but you can ask my wife. When I get home, after all the engaging is done, after all the chatting is done, all that stuff, I truly do like to like hide away in a little cave and just be recharged. But here's the thing, sometimes it takes a lot of courage to go, would I ever let somebody else into that space, like my recharging space? No. Like, I'll do my thing and be on, oh, hey, how's it going? High five, love you, hey, Jesus loves you. But then when I get home and I need to recharge, it's like, no, 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 I don't risk that time. That's my time. That's, put the walls up, close the moat, that's my time. And I believe God might be saying, man, there's even in refreshing and resting, there might be some things that God wants to do as we even make time to do that together. Sit around his table, enjoy rest together. In Psalm 68, verse 8, it says, God sets the lonely in families. And I know perhaps if you're like many of us, Dennis Prager says, loneliness is the national epidemic of the United States. Because we have all the connectivity. We've got all the apps. We've got all the social media. We've got all the online friends. We've got all the ways to connect. And yet, at the real heart level, when we just want to sit down with somebody and have a conversation or just whatever, Just be real for a second. And who do you call to help you move some furniture, right? Maybe that's the test. (laughs) I got 2,000 friends on Facebook, but who do I call to help me move a piano? You know what I'm saying? That's that's who, okay, this starts getting really real. (laughs) God is saying, I want to set you in a family. Not just in a nuclear family, but in a family family. And I'm going to do it if you'll let me. A second piece of this is uh, a table is a place of shared connection. You know, even our common need for food, if you think about it, is something that brings us together as humans, right? If you go to another country, if you've traveled abroad, you don't have to speak the language, you don't have to know the culture, but guess what? Comes around mealtime and the smell of food and, and you realize, you look around, you're like, there's some other humanoids in here that evidently also have taste buds and also have stomachs because everybody is like smelling what I'm smelling and kind of has a happy look on their face. So even at the very basic level, our need for food is a shared commonality and a shared point of connection. What about this? I believe it can also remind us of our common need for God's grace, of the fact that we are all broken, of the fact that we are all incomplete in some way, that we desperately need God's grace. God's grace that we desperately need his friendship. That we desperately need his understanding of us. Strengths, weaknesses, insecurities, flaws, successes, victories. But what a beautiful thing can happen at a table when we recognize those shared points of connection. What about this? It's a place, the table is a place where it can be safe to really get real. Rob shared a story with us of a Father's Day a few years ago where he was sitting down, had grilled the food, was sitting down with his family, and for a number of reasons that that, that I won't share, and many of which I don't even know, uh, but but that day had triggered some emotions that were unpleasant in his heart, had kind of picked a scab off of some things in his own family relationships. And in a moment, unintentionally, he kind of, blurted that out and and, kind of took that out on his kids. And so for a few minutes, there was silence and awkwardness and tension uh, around the table. And the kids, you know, didn't want to say anything and Amy was not knowing exactly what to say. And, And here's the cool thing. Even though it took a little while, a few moments later, Rob felt the freedom, like, hey, this is my family. I'm loved here. This is my table. I can be vulnerable. I can be real. So he just was willing to share, hey guys, here's what's going on. I'm so sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have taken that out on you guys. I shouldn't have said that. But, but I want to let you in on, on something from my story. And this is why. This is why my heart is hurting today. And I believe that God is inviting us to a place and to a table where it's safe to be real. Where frustration can be expressed, anger can be expressed, despair, depression can be expressed, along with... Great victories, great successes, great, you know, ambitions, great hopes and dreams. He's calling us to a place where it can get real. And I'm telling you what, I don't believe that these four walls are probably the place where that's truly going to be experienced in our lives. I believe that God is saying, Hey, I have more. I have so much more for you, my son, my daughter. I want you to experience what it's like to sit at a table where you aren't loved, where it doesn't matter, again, if you're right, if you're wrong. If you're deceived, if you're whatever, you're loved. You have a place here. There's a place of belonging. You have a seat at this table. You know, that's one of the things about a table is that when a mother or a father or the lead of that table says, hey, you have a seat at this table, nobody else can argue with that. It it, it, it has been established. No one else can take your place. And it's a beautiful thing that our father is saying, you have a place. You have a place. You have a place. You have a voice. You have a seat at my table with my family. Look around. These are your brothers and sisters. I love you. I love them. You matter to me. They matter to me. And we're going to learn what this looks like to be family together. What about this? The third characteristic I just want to talk about very briefly is that the table is a place where bread is broken and given. It's a place where bread is broken and given. If you remember the stories of Jesus when he was out in the hills and multitudes had followed him and the disciples came to him and said, hey, what are they gonna do? They have no bread. What are we gonna do? And if you remember, he asked them, what do you have? And so they brought him a couple loaves, some fish. And it says that he took the bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it. And then he gave it. And it really is a pattern that we see in the life of Jesus. But obviously, if we realize it, it was a mere image of Himself, wasn't it? Jesus was ultimately the bread of life. He was ultimately the one who was blessed by the Father, but ultimately He came to be broken. He didn't run from it. In fact, towards the end, He said, What shall I pray? Father, save me from this hour for this very reason I was sent to be broken so i could be given there's a saying out there mistakenly attributed to elizabeth warren she quoted it but it's not hers it says this if you don't have a seat at the table you're probably on the menu and that's indicative of the kind of culture we live in isn't it like oh no no I, heck no i'm not going to be on the menu i will have a seat at the table i will Have control. I will have power. Here's the crazy thing about that statement. Jesus came to be exactly that. He came to put himself on the menu for you and for me. He didn't come and say, where's my seat? Give me my seat. He said, I will be broken for you. I will be given to you. And so at the table is a place where we can celebrate the nature. That's the kind of king we serve. That's the kind of leader we follow. That's the kind of teacher we learn from, is one who willingly put himself on the table and on the altar because of his great love for us. But the crazy thing about it is that he then invites us to join him in that same attitude, right? Philippians 2 says, let your attitude be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in equality God did not consider, or who being of very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but gave it up made himself in the form of human likeness. Gave his life for you and for me, humbled himself into death. So God is saying, man, at the table is a place where we both celebrate God's incredible goodness in being broken and given to us, but also where we can be challenged to join him in that same attitude of allowing our lives then to be put on the table for each other, allowing ourselves to be broken in love and to be given to each other or to someone else who needs it, who needs an extra few minutes of conversation. Who needs us to bring in a little, add three inches to our little casserole so they can share in the meal together with us, whatever it might be. It's incredible joy. You know, Jesus doesn't say, go do this. He says, hey, here's what I'm doing. Oh, you wanna follow me? Yeah, come with me, that'll be fun. Now I'm telling you what, God is calling us, church, to the table. Jordan mentioned uh, in this discussion that, a table for him has been a place where he's been challenged to try new things. (laughs) Have you ever been at a table where you're like, what's this? (laughs) I've been to some taco places. My parents lived in Guadalajara, Mexico for a few years as missionaries, and we went down there, whoo, glory to Jesus. They have tripa, which is tripe, lengua, which is tongue, cabeza, which is head. These are all different types of meats that you can put. Uh, Sesos, which is brains, Amongst others. Then, of course, you know, al pastor, you know, all those things. And I'm pretty adventurous. So, like, I'm like, sure, I'll try. <laughs> but once in a while, you know, we run across them and like, hmm, okay, thank you. <laughs> Here's the thing. A table can be a place where we're challenged and invited to step out of our comfort zone and try something different and try something new. And sometimes we love it right away. Sometimes it's something that grows on us. Sometimes it's something maybe we never prefer. But that's Okay. Because it's fun to be on a journey together. And I believe that God wants us to try something new moving forward. And so this is where the punchline comes. This is where the tricky agenda comes into the light. You guys ready? You guys ready? House church on the patio. Everybody watching from home. So here's the thing. We are part of a church, if you haven't noticed, that... Um, I'm humbled to say this, and I take no credit for it, but we're willing to try new things. You've heard some of the leaders say, hey, everything we do is an experiment. And what we've realized is that when something is really important to God to see happen, there's only so far it can go when we're adding it on to all the other stuff that already is in your life, right? There's so much going on in all of our lives that to be say, hey, in addition to everything going on, can you just add this one thing that's really, really, really important? Okay, maybe some do, some don't. I believe if we as a church say, hey, we're actually taking something away in order to make room for something God wants to do in your life because we believe in it that much. We think it's that valuable. We think you're going to, your heart is going to to come alive, to thrive in what you receive and what you're able to pour out to others. Here's what we're doing. We're gonna be starting up what we're calling house churches. Starting the last weekend of this month, on the fourth full weekend of the month for September, October, November, December will look a little different. But for these next months, what we're going to do is we're going to be shutting the doors here on the weekend, on that last full weekend of the month. We have designated so far 13 house churches. That's locations around this area where we are encouraging each of you to sign up and be part of a house church, come around a table. What's gonna happen at those house churches? We're gonna share a meal together. It's gonna happen sometime between Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, Sunday morning, afternoon evening, somewhere between Saturday morning, Sunday evening. This house church is going to gather together in one of these host homes. There's leadership in each one of those. Um, We're gonna share a meal together. We're gonna just fellowship, just share each other's stories, have time to go slow it down. Right? Not a, not a five-minute or four-minute greeting time, but a 40-minute greeting time, if that makes sense, to truly let you finish that story, to truly let you hear what's going on in each other's lives. We're going to have a little time of uh, a video message, a 15-minute message that'll be watched on video, time of discussion, chewing on God's Word together, getting a chance to share and interact with some questions. We'll have a little bit of worship that's included. Initially, it'll be Pastor Janelle, her team, providing some worship also on video. Moving forward, hey, who knows, right? Maybe that moves into other things and live worship or whatever. A little time of prayer together where we can actually, again, come around as family, care for one another, hear what's going on in each other's lives, and support each other in prayer. So that's kind of like those elements, right? Food and fellowship, communion, we're planning on having that too, message and discussion. Worship and prayer. Those are what's going to be taking place at each of these house churches, and we just want to encourage each of you. Would you ask the Lord, man, God, can I jump into one of these? Is this something you have for me? We just believe it's God's will for all of us to be experiencing his table together. Church in a new way, at a new level. We have no idea where this will go. It's an experiment but we're believing that God has something he wants us to try here. So I wanna encourage you to do that. So what I'd like to do is just take a couple of minutes and explain how to register. Does that sound good? So uh, if you'll pull up the first slide, Jordan. uh, If you go to shinechurch.life, shinechurch.life slash housechurch, that is the link that will take you to this landing page. So uh, on this landing page, on you don't have to log in. There's that creepy little smiley face at the top right. It means nobody is logged in. Uh, and you can just see this, right? So you'll see, if you scroll down, you would see several groups there. by default, um, right above those two very colorful group pictures. It says include closed and full groups. Normally, that's not checked. If you want to see out of curiosity, there's a couple of groups that are already full because they were already meeting together before we decided to go in this direction, and they're just going to kind of morph their existing group into a house church, if that makes sense. So those are not going to show by default. If you want to see them, just click that. That'll pop up a couple of those extra groups so that you can know, oh, wow, there is one in our neighborhood. It's full right now. Who knows? Maybe in the future it opens up or whatever. Otherwise, that's what you'll see. Now... Um, If you want to go to the next one, there's a little show map icon on the top right. Now it says hide map, obviously, but if you go there, you will see uh, the map with a red little circle around each of the house church locations. Obviously, if you clicked uh, Zoom or full screen, if you take us to the next slide, Jordan, that will actually pull it up and make it larger. You can actually see there's a couple up in the Highlands Ranch Centennial area, one uh, down in Sedalia, uh, kind of the, the southwest area, and then you know, a couple Crystal Valley and some other ones there. So you can actually uh, see those and see what looks like it might be convenient from a geographic standpoint. Once you decide on one of the groups to click on, you can go and click on that group and it'll pull up this group information page, right? This is, happens to be a group called Founders One. Even the group, so there's only one in that neighborhood we're calling number one. Why? Why? we believe it's going to grow? Anyway, okay. So that would tell you, you see below it the tags, like children friendly, uh, you know, if they're uh, COVID sensitive, uh, dinners being served at this one, whatever. It'll show you the upcoming event, September House Church, September HC right there on uh, the 26th. It'll show you uh, over there the location, Founders 1, Castle Rock. If you click on that, it'll just show you a general circle of where it is until you actually click uh, ask to join. You guys see that little blue-green? button there. Once you click that, that gives you an opportunity to send a request to the group leader uh, or leaders, and they will have an opportunity to say, yep, good, we are at room, and, and you're uh, a part of this group now. And so that's what would happen if you click that. It gives you a chance to write a comment if you want, like, you know, please let me be a part of this. We're really fun. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of fun jokes. I make a mean, you know, potatoes, you know, tori, whatever. Anyway, but you don't have to, you don't have to write a thing in there. You just click, you know, submit Request there, if you want to go to the next one, Jordan, uh, across the top there you'll see just different uh, search items, right what neighborhood, what stage of life, group attributes, and day and time. Uh, I just use this as an example stage of life, families with infants or toddlers, uh, elementary families, young uh, adults, adults teen friendly right so if that's something really important to you, you can click on that and it'll then limit your search to those parameters. Obviously, you're always welcome just to browse and just to see, right? So you can do that. Uh, The last one I want to show you is uh, this one here. That is the very top two groups that don't have a map associated with them is I need help finding a Saturday group or the one right next to it, I need help finding a Sunday group. That is if you find yourself saying, oh, no, like, I absolutely have to have it be Sunday evening and I don't see one or, you know, I need it to be under these parameters or no more than this distance from my house or whatever it would be that would cause one of the other groups to not work for you, Um, go ahead and join that group. Uh, Pastor Dan and I are the only two members. It's very lonely, guys. (laughs) We, we... (laughs) (laughs) Now, just to clarify, that doesn't mean that you'll be in a group with Dan and me because that would scare all of you away. We'll never have anybody join the group. That's just a place, like a holding place, where we can say, okay, who's here from what part of Castle Rock? What day? Like, let's figure, I mean, what day is there? But, you know, let's figure this out. And we are committed to shaking the trees and lifting the rocks, looking in the bushes for for leaders, for host homes. And we're going to do our very best to make sure that every single one of you has a place to sit around a table, to sit in a living room, and to truly experience God's goodness in your life in a way that maybe you haven't for, for a while. So uh, that is what I believe I need to share. Um, Kim, Rob, Cammie, anybody, before I ask Pastor Dan to come up, he's just gonna close us off with just a little bit. I want him to share a little bit of his heart for this uh, as well before we dismiss. But any other information that we missed? Or that I missed? We good? Pastor Dan, if you would come up and end our service. Give it up for Pastor Dan DeMay.
1: Um, I, I want to reiterate something that he said that I think is really, really important. Um, one of the things that um, kind of shocked me through this whole COVID thing is when we reached out to you, um, especially in the first uh, six to eight weeks, um you know, the the comment that kept coming back was uh, we haven't found ourselves with more time on our hands. We've actually found ourselves busier than we've ever been. Um, with school, uh, with some of you parents being principal, teacher, uh, disciplinarian, all, all that on top of everything else that you're doing. And so uh, what DJ said, we really feel like the Holy Spirit is leading us into, and that is this. We think it's so important that we do this, that we're willing to shut the church doors down for 25% of the year. When you think about that, to do that at the last weekend of every month and say, hey, we're not gonna have in-service gatherings, but we want it to go into the churches, we didn't want to create another burden because we could give a, a, a call for this and actually kind of pull on your heartstrings and have you be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I need to be a part of that. And then we ask you to go a Tuesday night or Wednesday night or Thursday night. And all of a sudden that, that weight and that letdown of, oh, I can't give up that evening. I've already got all this and we already have all of this thing going on. Um, and so um, I know he said that, but boy, that is near and dear to my heart because this is so important to us um, that that is um, how we felt like the Holy Spirit was leading us to do this. Now, you might be wondering, are you trying to move Shine Church into a house church thing? No, Um, and yes how can you say both of those? Well, listen, the gathering part is so important, and we don't want to do away with that. We absolutely do not want to do away with a weekend gathering, but we do feel very strongly that um, there is going to be relationships built. We've been teaching since the start of this church two years ago, we've been teaching, let's do life together. And we can only do life together to a little teeny extent when it comes on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning here in this room or in the parking lot at a tailgate party. Um, We can start that process, absolutely, but as DJ was just saying, when we gather around a table and actually start sharing stories and actually start sharing our lives together, that is when true lifelong friendships and bonds will begin to take place. And so we are super excited about this because we really believe that God is going to use this to uh, enhance everybody's life. Now, we are going to have on-ramps and off-ramps, and we'll be talking more about that. Um, We're going to be sharing about this all this month. Um, Next week, I'm going to talk about the power of community. And so I don't want to give away my message, but there are just some really powerful things that happen when we start to live life together. Um, But I truly understand that as you join into a group, um, you might get there and go, hey, I just don't connect with these people. Well, what we're saying is, hey, try it for three months and then Come January, we'll have an off-ramp, and on-ramp, and we'll be able to start again so that um, we understand that not every group gels right away and, and becomes this perfect, happy family. Um, and we're willing to acknowledge that, but here's my hope. My hope is that you will be willing because there's something inside of you that says, I desire for this kind of community in my life um, and for this kind of uh, relationship with people that... I like and that I wanna live life with. And so uh, we're super, super excited about it. Um, The final thought and then we'll get off to our tailgate party and that is this. if you can't find a group on there. Uh, I was just looking at it as DJ was talking about that um, and people were already signing up from from this room, which I love, Um, but we're already, without even hardly announcing this, we're already at 110 people involved and that's without kids, so that's 110 adults, which is awesome, this is just amazing. if you go there and you can't find that group that you're like, man, this just isn't going to hit me. please hit that I need help on Saturday and I need help on Sunday. Um, because we, as DJ said, we don't want to leave anybody behind. We want to make sure that everybody uh, has a group to play. Um, that might mean that for some of you, we might be approaching you and going, hey, would you be willing to host a, a group because we've got such a need? Um, but we will... We'll attack that as the Holy Spirit leads and as the need is presented to us. And I believe that, that God will actually uh, totally meet our desire to, to make sure that everybody, that no one's left behind. And here's my goal. I am shooting for 100% participation. Okay? I am. I am. I'm not going to. Listen, we are willing to give up a weekend church service for this. Because we want you to be able to participate in one of these groups, um, whether it's Saturday night or you guys come to church on Sunday morning. Well, we're asking you to still go to church on Sunday morning. It's just going to be at somebody's house and not this building. And so I... I think that if you're willing to stretch yourself, um, we could actually have 100% participation and that would be awesome. That would be amazing. So, hey, we'll be hanging around. If you have any questions, um, we'll be glad to answer those as we participate in the uh, tailgate party. I'm going to pray um, for our food, uh, since I know some of you brought food, Some, a lot of you will be going to McDonald's. I totally understand that, um, and McDonald's needs prayer, so let's pray. Uh, Heavenly, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for uh, this new direction. God, we thank you that we have a church that is is willing to step out and, and try this crazy experiment. And so, Lord, we... We now come to you, and we ask that you would speak directly to each one of us, that you would give us direction, uh, give us um, what you have for each one of us individually in regards to these house churches. And Lord, we look forward to the testimony that's going to come out of these things. Lord, we um, thank you for uh, the fact that this group loves to hang out. We Thank you for the community that is Shine Church. And now, Lord, as we go out to just enjoy food together, um, enjoy fellowship together, I pray that you would bless that fellowship and bless the food that we will be eating, um, especially the McDonald's. And we thank you for that in your name. Amen.